Welcome to Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast with me, Jack, and me, Jacob. Hello, welcome to Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast with me, Jacob Stowerly, and me, Jack Shepherds. We have watched episode six of Watchmen, uh, which, you know, is pretty amazing, wasn't it, Jack? It was pretty amazing. We're not even going to bother with trying to build up this because it was what has been hyped as a bit of a showstopper and it was wasn't it yeah it was it was it was pro maybe my favorite episode of the series so far potentially i mean it's definitely the most revelationary yeah it feels like it showed a lot yeah uh-huh. but also didn't show too much i know <laughs> it was what we were saying was you know this podcast has been about kind of Putting theories together about what's going to come next. And I feel like this is the episode that's like, okay, now we're going to show you whether your theories paid off, as opposed to let's help you generate more theories. Yeah. And I think it it helps with our theorizing because it sows in a lot a lot of nuggets of information, even in subtle ways like the the scene with Judd, where you see him killing himself. Yeah. But also, you know, he's talking about the clan suit that was in his in his wardrobe yeah and he says you know this is my granddad's and then suddenly a lot of things click into place and again we've got legacy going on yeah with his character and his family so yeah i mean i I loved it i thought the flashbacks were done really well yeah th- th- this is like one of those episodes i'm like so surprised that a human being could write because it's it's like so magnificent <laughs> <laughs> damon co-wrote this episode as well i noticed but it's also it's episode directed by stephen williams who directed so many lost episodes i'm proud of him you're proud of your boy. I'm proud of him. Good time to interject and say we are Lost Boys because we do a podcast on Lost as well. We do. More on that later. We find out some pretty huge things in this episode, which is called This Extraordinary Being. Wow. Yeah. We all know who The Extraordinary Being is. Well, I, I was going to say it's you, Jack. You are The Extraordinary Aww. Being. <laughs> and then I thought that's too nice, so I'll actually put it back on myself. I think I might am The Extraordinary Being. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> did you give this one a Google? Well, the, I didn't because I just thought it's it's got to be about Will, right? Well, I mean, it could be about Will, but it could also be a reference to maybe a song title or something. Damon yeah. loves his song titles. That's true. That's true. Okay, look, I'm, I'm doing it right now. And it says it's an Emily Sunday song, and I don't think that's what Damon was going for here. Emily Sunday. Maybe he's a massive Emily Sunday yeah, fan. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> Did you, damn, you could have asked him that. <laughs> I should have asked oh, him. Balls. For those who don't know, Emily Sunday is a pretty average singer. From Britain. British singer, right? Yeah. Should we go through this episode? I mean, we were saying before, usually we have to kind of like thread things together in a, in a to get some sort of structure, but not really here because it is kind of like flows along at a very organic pace. It's very straightforward, especially without any Adrian Vite, you know, oh, yeah, little my, bits thrown in or anything. My prediction like, was way off last you, week. You thought it was going to be all about Aussie. Yeah. Lo and behold, absolutely no Aussie. And then at the end when you were like, okay, and I was like... Maybe though, will it could, and you were like, yeah, you're giving your answer now. <laughs> Damn, I should have gone for my second. So this episode opens with a scene of American hero story, um, the Minutemen, focused on a interrogation of two cops on hooded justice. And at first, I was, and then when you see the TV screen pan out, you're like, okay, cool that we saw that. There was a reason we were being shown hooded justice. Yes, uh, who is actually unhooded in the scene, uh, and he's a. Uh, He's a white guy, <laughs> tough <laughs> white guy, who ends up beating the cops up uh, yep. a lot. Yeah, first hooded, first ever superhero is a white man, right? That's that's what we're led to believe. That's what you're led to believe, like like Superman. Yeah, so you're supposed to, you know, we see references to action comics in this as we well. We do, which was don't we? Yeah, the first ever comic to feature Superman. Yeah. Which is actually something me and Damon spoke about. Really? So I interviewed Damon Lindelof who created the show for this episode. So that will be coming out in a few days. Put that in, man. But, you know, I did ask him about Superman. He was like, you know, the original superhero and he was going for that imagery. And he also pointed out how Superman kind of came down to earth and he was expelled from Krypton and Krypton was like burning and it was doing really badly. And similarly for Will Reeves, yeah. who we haven't, who <laughs> I've just said it. Yeah. It's Will Reeves, it's Hooded Justice. This is an origin story of of of, of Will Reeves becoming Hooded Justice. Mm, this is what this episode is. That is what this episode is. And like Superman, Will Reeves comes from a broken place where the his world, you know, with Black Wall Street and everything in Tulsa was when all uh, 
pear-shaped, to yeah, say the least. To say the least. Because he's, we learned that Will was like harboring a lot of anger and resentment, rightly so, because of what happened during the Tulsa uh, race riots, um, which we also learn the baby that he found, that you were correct, that does end up being his wife when he's older. He marries her. Yeah. Um, which is which is lovely, but then it obviously doesn't end so well for them. But yeah, that's cool that Damon said that. And I kind of like, we were saying last week about it being, um, it feeling quite leftovers which is obviously Damon's other show, for those who don't know, but I'm going to assume everyone does know that, <laughs> uh, where it's like these extraordinary things are happening to these ordinary people. Yeah. And like the title here, This Extraordinary Being, it's like, you know, there's nothing like Superman, extraordinary being, very similar. It's a play on the words, really. There is nothing super about Will Reeves, but he is quite extraordinary because he ta- he uses his resentment to take matters into his own hands. Yeah. And all seen through the eyes of Angela. Yes. Which yeah. is a crucial point. Last week, she necked the tablets of her grandfather and she experiences memory. She goes into like some form of coma, right? Yeah, she's going into this crazy state where she's still slightly conscious and seeing what's going on today, but also living the life of Will Reeves, her granddad. Experiencing his horrific experiences and emotions, but also getting the context that she didn't want, but she has now been forced to have, which we shall talk about what effect that's going to have on her in in future episodes later on. So was this intentional, Will Reeves leaving his pills behind in her car? But how could he have anticipated her necking him like that? Maybe not doing them like that, but maybe he just hoped that she would try them. But at the same time, he said like, she'll find she'll find out in her own time. He did say that. So was that implying this? What, did he know that a twist was coming with <laughs> looking glass? Well, <laughs> well, something that makes me think that maybe there is something wider at play in terms of Will Reeves' abilities is the fact that at the end, when he, when we see the scene before he, convinces Judd to hang himself, yep. brainwashes Judd to hanging himself. He mentions the Ku Klux Klan outfit in his wardrobe. Now, how does Will know that it's there? Do we ever, we, we still don't know. Because he, he obviously knew it because he, he pushed Angela in that direction to go looking. Yeah. Back in the second episode. But how does he, he know? He knows. He does know. Yeah, I don't know. I find it bizarre. It is bizarre, but it maybe links, I mean, a lot of my views on Judd especially, feels like he's linked to the characters we see in the flashbacks. Do you think? That, that he is one of, you know, they, they do the... the Cyclops. The Cyclopses. It's like this little underground crew of really racist KKK members yeah. in New York. And so he, I mean, he's like basically continued that on. And I think potentially related to one of them or something. Do you think? And so, but Will Reeves, like we see him doing detective work yeah, throughout, don't we? As um, hooded justice, and he yeah. is a policeman. I mean, he is Sister Knight. Yeah, but a few, you know. Yeah, so in, in, in he he joins the cadets in 1938 when racism was rife in New York, and obviously he's escaped from Tulsa, so he's got memories of that. But he's like white people won't even award him his detective badge. Yeah, yes, yeah, so like you know, a, a black guy has to come over, a detective has to come over and give it to him, and says to him, "Beware of the cyclops." So immediately he's like, "What's going on here? There's yeah. something strange afoot." But yeah, I mean, it's a funny one because Will, I'm trying to think. We we don't know what happened to Will beyond certain time period. We know that he went missing and then he just kind of appeared again. But this episode does cut from still quite an early stage of his life to the tree where. Judd hung, hanged himself. Yeah. It's just like, what happened in, those, in that time, you know? Because yeah. his wife leaves him and goes back to Tulsa with his children, is, uh, who, is Angel, who are Angela's parents. And now he goes back to Tulsa. And he's back in Tulsa. Well. So when did he get there? Why was he dead? Did he find out that Judd was related in some way to the Cyclops? Or is he just trying to do it to make a point? What happened to his kids? What happened to... Well, we know they died, but we don't know how. And we know they went to Vietnam. Yes. Saigon. Yeah. So... That's where Angela was born. Yeah. Because we see... We see Sister Knight, we see Angela's dad, don't we? We do. Dressing up in this episode. Yeah. So. Trying to be his dad as Hooded Justice. Yeah. I'm just finding it confusing. I know. Because where, 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 so, like, he must have gone from back to Tulsa to Vietnam. Yeah. Right. And then something happened there. I'm just trying to get the timeline right. Yeah. Then he died out there, we're kind of presuming. What? Dad. Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, the mum. And mum, yeah. Yeah. And presumably grandma too. At the hands of, of what I believe is racist attacks. That's what we're led to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like there's more stories to tell there in Angela's past. They, we are, you're right, in saying that we've got a huge gap Chunk. Yeah. missing. Even though this does feel like it's filled in a lot, there's still a lot of questions. Well, we know what happened to Judd now, We and I still think there's a question of why it happened. And I know it's the whole thing, it goes back to the film that he was watching in the very first episode, Trust in the Law, mm. and how Bass Reeves was like this lawman, but he was like very honourable, um, and he refused to kill the white guy who was, who was killing black people. But I don't know. Like, Judd was... I mean, he for, for, for all of his sins, he is a racist guy. Yeah. He keeps the KKK outfit because he, like he says, it's his ancestry. I'm, I'm, I, I can keep it if I want. It was belonged to my granddad. But there's no inclination that he's ever worn it himself. I think it kind of is implying that. Do you he's think? Himself. I think, yeah, I think he's lying, and I think, I think he, the idea is that because Will Reeves has passed his sense of justice somehow onto Angela, yeah, and so Judd's grandparents have also somehow passed that onto him, and I think it's almost saying without, you know, through an object, it's literally like a symbolism of that being passed down, and that he therefore has those beliefs. And this is what I mean by like the 7th Cavalry being just the new Cyclops as yeah. he's continued that tradition of being racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is I mean, quite scary. It is quite scary. Which puts which puts paid to anything that Senator Keane said last week about we don't we don't share the views of these people. We're here to keep things in line. Oh yeah, that Bullshit. was definitely bollocks. Bullshit. Trying to get Looking Glass, which we still don't know his fate. Um, we I'm, still don't, I've do been we? on edge every day since <laughs> I watched that episode. Um, so... Angela fills the experiences and it reminds me of, have you ever seen the film Strange Days? No, I haven't. It's a Catherine Bigelow film from the early 90s starring Ray Fiennes and it's like um, in this futuristic universe, characters can kind of like, I don't know if they're implants or what, but they can connect to these virtual reality-like recordings where you can experience past experiences and emotions and okay. stuff. So people like get kicks out of like experiencing death and things like that. So when... Oh, when poor Will, young Will, played by Jovan Adipo, Adepo, who actually played Regina King's son in The Leftovers. Which I love. I think that's so amazing. So great. And he's a great actor and he's going to be huge. When he is strung up by his uh, the white cops that he works with for them to like make a point. Oh, wow, yeah. He goes meddling and like he, he tries to like book a, a guy who burns down a Jewish delicatessen, doesn't he? Yep. And then he, that's they make a point of like, don't go messing about in our business by stringing him up in a tree, much like Judd was, with a hood over his head. Mm. And then they cut him down before he, he suffocates and they and his neck breaks and they say, yeah, stop meddling. Angela experienced all of this. She, yeah. she, you know, and you see her, the camera cuts to her and we see her kind of transposed into Will's place, which is f filming wise, amazing to watch, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's done so well. The way that, the, and the, the jazz music, and everything and you see the it's a bit like Birdman you know when you see the drummer in the background yeah. you've got the pianist in the background very stylistically uh, audacious so that yeah there's the song by the Ink Spots playing in the background and I am a huge fan of them as well and they have that kind of the bum 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 yeah which kind of comes back but it's just so wonderfully done yeah it's perfect for this isn't it yeah and they kind of like it sets it in the right timeline because so the song I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire came out in 1938. Which is when he, yeah, that's that's the right time. Which is the right time. We're at the point where history hasn't changed too much, aren't uh -huh. we? No. Nah. So th this is literally the point where it starts to change. Uh -huh. These are the events that are making the world of Watchmen, Watchmen, rather than the world of our world. Yeah. Because it's like, like Hooded Justice is the masked vigilante that changes, that makes vigilanteism what it is yeah. in that world. And then that all changes everything yeah it does i mean we also get references to the war don't we nazis yeah. on the headlines because obviously that's going to happen in this world as well as ours uh yeah no it is on the cusp of a lot of things that mm. are going to deviate from yeah our world also just to go back to that jewish guy yes who burns down the delicatessen he's not jewish he's, he burns it down. okay the actor's jewish that's why i'm getting confused he's in uh. joker that guy i was I, I think i've ever seen him recently is he Oh, yeah, I'm not giving anything away, but he plays one of his co-workers. Co oh, on the clowns? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And he's also, he's in quite a lot of things, that guy. Uh, a lot. He's in True Detective. I saw him again in something else recently. The cast of this show has been incredible. Really good. Really, Even really the good. small cameos like Chris from Sopranos last time. Oh, week. I love that, yeah. You know, it's amazing. It's so good. Damon's just got that power. Stop. power. Stop pulling power. I noticed that. Don't ask me why, but I noticed recently on Instagram that Elizabeth Moss follows Damon Lindelof, and I'm just like dreaming for that t- for that team up. <laughs> <laughs> just dreaming for that team. Very up. season four, Handmaid's Tale, written by Damon. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? So what? A, yeah. So he is struck when he's cut down, and he is walking back through town. Obviously, just absolutely scarred. That anger just there on the surface, and it's really hard to watch. It's really horrific. And it's all in black and white, This these scenes. We, we haven't actually pointed that out. Apart uh, from piano. splashes of red. Yeah. The splash, and the piano. There's, and there's splashes of the violence from Tulsa. Yeah. Including the woman playing the piano. And we get an awful awful shot of bodies being dragged on the back of, back of a car. Yeah. And then you get a, a flash of a blinking red at one point, which is um, reminded me of, you know, the film that, the character last week was talking about the Shinner's List style. Yes, red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pale horse. Pale horse, yeah. But uh, he walks past an alleyway and he sees a group of people attacking a couple and he just puts the mask on. It was just a moment where it kind of penny dropped for you and you're like, I have a feeling. Yeah. He's the first masked vigilante. Yeah. Oh, was... shit. Maybe he's that one. Well, this is... The origins in the comic book as well of Hooded Justice, the first time he's seen is like beating up some like hoodlums who are attacking a guy and girl. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure if they're coming back from, from cinema or not, but yeah, that's in under the, I think it's in documented in Under the Hood. Under the Hood. So, which is like the dead giveaway of like, oh wow, we're really going here. But I think it's just so genius to come up with this idea of giving Hooded justice this origin of like being hung and stuff because the outfit is it just works yeah you know and it just ties it i it's just amazing how damon kind of tied that into what this entire show has become about about racism and was this the jumping off boards you spoke to him about it and i'm if i could speak to him now which i'm hoping to do soon (laughs) it, it would be like is this where this idea of story started from? So that was my first question. Right. Was which came first? Like, did you want to tackle race or did you want to tackle hooded justice? Like, how did that come about? And he was like, I don't really know because I've, you know, I wanted to tell this story and it just all kind of came together. But so Damon always loved hooded justice. Apparently when him and his dad read the comics. Yeah they thought that Hooded Justice had killed the comedian when it was coming out. And yeah. so every mention of Hooded Justice, they would like trawl through and like theorize about and theorize about, like basically what we're doing. We do, yeah. Apart from it's me and you and not <laughs> us and our dads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he was obsessed with Hooded Justice. And then obviously it wasn't Hooded Justice who did it in the end. Yeah. But, and so he wanted to kind of, I think it, it sounded like it just kind of like that he always had that idea of who that could be and then it worked so well and it made so much sense and it kind of and so he just he just did it he but, fucking did it which is which is amazing but it's like the whole idea of making hooded justice a black guy who's getting revenge for the horrific events he's been privy to in the past and been subjected to yep and then like spray painting the eyes white yeah. so everyone thinks he's white that is just an in, an amazing I guess retcon you could call it in terms of the comics because yeah, yeah. You know, obviously Alan Moore well we don't know but I'm assuming Alan Moore oh no, no. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not so this is like very much of this world of this Damon and Love uh, remix version of Watchmen yeah, yeah. but even Alan Moore must, must if, oh, I just will never know but again this is something me and Damon touched did on did you yeah. where we were talking you're about... asking all the right questions yeah, thank you <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about like, Damon was like, you know, one day Alan Moore is going to know that I've done this. Yeah. And he's just like, he's going to, he'll hate it. There's no, there's no chance he won't hate it, but he'll only hate it because he just hates anyone touching his work and like creating anything. So it would just be inherent to that yeah. anyway. Not necessarily like, oh, that's a bad twist, but well, I'd know, like someone playing with his work. At night, Alan Moore would just think about and go, it's pretty ingenious. 
He'll be like, fuck, I wish I'd done that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'd love it if he was like a secret huge fan of the TV show. Yeah, I think it's it's way better than the idea of it being the wrestler who was just a strong man who then became it. Because they, obviously, we see that in the earlier American Hero American Hero story, story yeah. Which also, like, them showing Hood of Justice there yeah. is something that is like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense now. That wasn't just, like, random kind of, like, we're going to choose a superhero and throw it in. It's yeah. like, oh, that ties completely into it. And we see Bass Reeves, who looks like Hooded Justice. Which you have pointed out to me, a lot of people theorised that Hooded Justice could have been Will Reeves because young Reeves is watch- young Will is watching Bass and he looks like Hooded Justice. Yes. Yeah. Which is... I'm surprised so many people have jumped on that theory. Again, I did not cross my mind. No, it didn't really cross my mind. I think... I mean, I, I asked you a few weeks ago what who you think Will Reeves could be because I think there was always going to be something bigger there, but I didn't really... This didn't come to me. No. At all. So the, And I think it's... But it makes so much sense. That's the yeah, thing. It's it like does. the breadcrumbs were kind of there, but at the same time, everyone who got it, you must be a genius because... Yeah. That's insane. But also, I mean, last week, because I'd seen theories before about Lady True and stuff like that online and theories about Ozzy that were written like week one, week two. Right. When there was, and they were just like, they were correct. Uh, but it was so obvious that people had kind of gone on and like watched a couple of episodes or something. Sucks. So I think, because pe- people have seen the first six episodes, this is the cutoff point. Yeah. No one apart from the people who've worked on it have seen past this point. Yeah. Well, presumably like Damon's wife or someone's <laughs> But God, if I was Damon's son, I'd be like, show him to me now. <laughs> now. I'd be begging to work on that show. I mean, Carlton Cuse's son can get a job on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, I think there must have been something of that because there's no way you could, I don't know. But then someone on Twitter me- messaged us being like, is Will Reeves Hooded Justice? Yeah, they 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 and they have not seen it, I'm assuming. No. Yeah. But who knows? It's uh it's interesting. I you know, Damon Lind for me is the purveyor of, of throwing out these amazing twists that just make so much sense that I will never guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the secret to my love of him <laughs> and his TV shows. You're just too in awe of it. That's why you're just watching it without a critical head on. You're like, oh my God, this is the best. I mean, the but time. it helps that he is making the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the international assassin of, of Watchmen. Yeah. Which is the, the Leftovers episode that everyone loves. Yeah. It g- was giving me, I think because I'm watching The Sopranos at the moment, yeah. but the kind of the dream episodes in The Sopranos when it goes on those kind of like weird detours yeah uh, there's one at the end of season five when he comes to the conclusion to do something uh to his another character you know what i'm talking yeah. about um and he kind of he doesn't want to come to that realization but through the dreams it kind of comes on and the sopranos does it a lot like in season two with the talking fish, talking fish yeah he like it makes tony able to see what he needs to do and this episode's almost doing that for angela where Obviously, it's not a dream and it is a more literal like learning something, but it's that same. We're going to use this kind of like dream logic to show our main character something new that she probably wouldn't get otherwise. Well, and we wouldn't be able to see otherwise. Very convenient way of putting the wheels in motion for Angela to maybe, I mean, do something she would not have dreamed of doing. <laughs> yes. Having not experienced her grandfather's past yeah exactly but we can theorize on what yeah also just a quick point later because you mentioned that the will puts on the white eye makeup and obviously angela puts on the black eye yeah makeup. exactly yeah it's like the polar opposite yeah it's history funny, repeating it? itself absolutely which is something we've spoken about multiple times yeah about it's true Watchmen. it is true it's another theme yeah again with judd kind of recreating what he his grandfather did is that repetition of and especially legacy of like doing what your parents did and your father did and in this case you know grandfathers did yeah that's why you're thinking judd probably yeah definitely yeah we should talk about captain metropolis yes because american hero story you know gets it quite wrong about holy justice in the grand scheme of it Mm. white man incorrect (laughs) bad bad (laughs) casting for american hero story but uh, the one thing they do get right is the um, homosexual relationship, yes. which is, is is here confirmed to be true. Norman Gardner is the name of a man who comes to Will's and his wife's house 
And he's trying to dig, isn't he, about he thinks that Will is not Hooded Justice, but an informant for Hooded Justice. Tips him off where there's some crime and Hooded Justice goes and sorts it out. And wants Will to be the go-between between him and Hooded Justice. But then Does he... Does he want him to be the go-between? I'm pretty sure he knows that that's... Well, I think he, he thinks justice. it initially and then he meets him and then he, I think he says that he meets him and then he's like, actually, I think it is him. Yeah. But he shows up with just in with that initial knowledge yes. or assumption. Uh, but then they start sleeping with each other. Mm. And it makes Will more detached from his wife, who then gets pregnant with what will be Angela's dad. But yeah, we talk about the, min- the Minutemen, and we don't- I thought we were going to see some more of, of the... I thought we were going to maybe see the comedian stuff here as well, as well. but, you know, maybe it would have been too much. We do see them slightly in the background. In the background. We don't They're meet unveiling the bank. Yeah, yeah. which... What's his name? Dollar Bill. Dollar Bill, which has him dragging a black man out of a bank. Yes. Um, and it's the same poster that was up on the wall of the 7K uh, member back in the first episode. And it's like... It's hard for, for Hooded Justice because he has to pretend he's white, but then he can't talk about the real things, which is unrest. Yeah, but Racist even... Racist unrest. And Captain Metropolis doesn't want him to talk about it. Yeah, because Captain Metropolis is basically like, well, some members of our team are pretty much racist and yeah. won't understand. And it, The comedian, I'm sure, must be one of them. Yeah, it's crazy to think that even the good guys here, the apparent good guys, have those thoughts as well. I guess it was a symptom of the time that that was just that kind of behaviour and racism was rife, more so than it is today, way more so. Yeah. So it's quite worrying and quite weird and obviously leads to a very problematic relationship for Will Reeves with the Minutemen as well. Absolutely. And he takes things into his own hands Uh to go after the, the Cyclops, which is also a nice way of it kind of them not mentioning this in the comic books because by alienating Will it allows Damon to explore an area which hasn't been written about and so is doing something different so it's quite a clever narrative technique as well absolutely so he goes on a murdering spree doesn't he he does he kills our friend Joker star Glenn Fischler who doesn't remember him as well yeah Uh, I think that's the tip off point it's like you were so awful and you don't remember, and then you make make an awful, awful comment about you know us all looking the same. Mm. So he just goes boom in the eyes, dead. And then he unearths some um, very interesting technology, let's say, which yep. comes into play in the present yeah. day events. Do you want to talk about that? Well, in the past, so Will goes into he puts on his hood again yeah on a hood and then he goes in and goes and kills a load of white supremacists who are making this weird cinema tech that mesmerist things yeah. that are my it's like mind control because he uses it earlier they use it earlier on a on a woman in a cinema yeah that's right do you know what they're watching in that cinema no i do not secret life of walter mitty which is the not the ben stiller film from 2013 <laughs> but film from 1947 so we're in 947 in those. Okay. Yeah, so post-war. Yep. Isn't it about a guy who lies? The original one. It's about a guy who just can't stop telling lies or something, which is funny because he's like keeping his whole existence yeah. a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, so he sees the women and then he's like, justice needs to be done. Captain Metropolis is like, no, I can't do it. And then Will goes on this killing spree, goes and kills a load of racists who are making it all. Save some of the tech as well for himself. Yeah. Also, a couple of things click into place because he there's the hand symbol that's been going through the episode. There's also a book someone's reading earlier. Yeah. About Mes- mesmerist or whatever what you said before. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see the policeman who tried to hang him up, yeah. doing some like reading something, being like, "You will kill each other, but you will not kill the whites," and yeah. it's terrifying. And then, bam, he's dead. Interestingly, this harkens back to last episode when the white the seventh cavalry are all trying out their transporter in a very similar looking warehouse yeah it is very similar potentially the same i don't know potentially the same no because that's That's in in tulsa yeah this is new york York. yeah but it's very again history repeating themselves you know they're using the the racists are doing their stuff in a in a very futuristic weird old stuff 
technology. Mm. So the woman in the in the the woman in the cinema, yes, she experiences a flicker and she ends up killing everyone, doesn't she? Yeah, she ends up killing black people and then she just doesn't know why she did it, and then he clocks onto the fact that there was a flicker and that it was probably brain being brainwashed. Yeah. So when he tries to call on the reinforcements, aka Captain Metropolis, he's not interested because he thinks he's mad. He claims that he thinks he's mad anyway. So then he, he when he spots the 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 mind control tech in the thing he takes it for himself and clearly hones it and puts it to good use when it comes to Judge Crawford yes yeah so cast your minds back to episode one when Judge gets a phone call and he goes to the tree we see him get out of the car there's a big old flashlight and it flickers loads and then we cut to that steamy sex scene with Regina and uh, Yaya and uh, then she gets in the light comes on and there's no flicker Instead, she just sees Judd dead. Did you ever think what the hell is the flickering about? I mean, I actually did think that, but just never thought it would have been anything no. that was going to weave into the mystery of this of this story. Yeah, I never knew it was going to go like this. I think it, it it was a weird choice, but I thought it was more just to confuse Judd than anything, not to literally get him to kill himself. But it also explains, you know, that Will's not super strong or anything. Yeah. But that Judd just did it to himself yeah. as well. He didn't use telekinesis or whatever. Yeah. To string him up. Judd did it by himself. And it's a pretty horrible hanging scene. It's not nice. Yeah. Kind of the camera goes from Will to Judd and then back to Will again, doesn't it? Yeah. And you are just like, oof, this is... Yeah. It's horrible. It's very brutal. The whole thing is hard to watch. Yeah. But this is like his ultimate revenge, isn't it? Absolutely. For what happened to him. You know, white racist cops tried to hang him up. And now he's hanging up a white racist cop yeah. in his hometown as well. And it essentially ruined his life. You know, if he did have to become hooded justice, he'd probably still be with his family. I mean, you don't know that, but it's definitely caused his life a lot of grief. Yeah. It's interesting how much it links back into the first film we saw. Yeah. The one with Bass Reeves. Trust in the law. Trust in the law. Yeah. But also like about that inherent need for justice. Yeah. And the name Reeves as well. Yeah. Which I'm presuming that I'm presuming they're not related, but that Will Reeves after be- becoming an orphan and stuff kind took of took name. on the name. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because also the girl, the baby girl. Who, yeah. He must have named her. Yeah. How would she wouldn't know her name? That's true, isn't it? Yeah. What is the name? The June. I think so. Yeah. Begins a J. She convinces him to become hooded justice, though, doesn't she? Yeah. She's very much the driving force behind it. The police aren't going to solve this, but you can. Yeah. Um. She is, you know, the victim of the undoing. I guess her family's all dead because of racists as well. Right? Yeah. You know, that's the well, reason. It's, it's the tie that binds. It's the tie that binds. Yeah. These people together. God, it's kind of, it's just like harrowing, isn't it? It's really harrowing. All this stuff, because like, that's not even, you know, Black Wall Street being read like that isn't a fictional thing. It's not something written for the show. That's like real life that actually happened. Yeah. People had, you know, were this awful to each other. It's a really terrible place in time and is is it another thing damon said not to keep going on about it and no, you will please, hear like please do keep going it was on like about a, it <laughs> it was like a 15 minute interview all about this episode and he was saying that this is a period in history that is so under kind of like under underwritten about and underseen in like movies and stuff but it's so rife to make political points and see the historic value and like what actually happened in history and i think because it's so horrible i imagine a lot of especially like American filmmakers don't want to kind of like put that on camera and be like, look how terrible we were. It's like when English filmmakers don't do anything about England's time in America, particularly when we were like colonizing over there. Like even like, I don't know about you, but when we were in like history lessons, like I didn't learn about that. No, I didn't either. It was like, like the, isn't the tea party in America named that because they were like, beat the British or something because they're which is like I but they that's integrally linked to our history but I have no idea censorship about it. isn't it yeah but it's textbook censorship you don't want to learn about like oh by the way like your great 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 grandparents were complete dicks yeah I know <laughs> just learn about the 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 morale boosting troops in in the war yeah exactly <laughs> yeah 
So I think we're going to learn a lot more. Well, I'm assuming we have no idea in the, uh, the next few episodes about the plan that's going on in Tulsa involving Will and Lady True, which uh, we see Lady True at the end of this episode. We do. So Angela's stomach is p- presumably pumped. <laughs> She's yeah. experienced all that she needs to experience. And Lady True is there chilling by her bed. And this is now making me think that Will, um, you know, is doing exactly what we kind of predicted and getting his, wreaking his revenge for all the pain he's been caused. And now he has a true ally in his granddaughter who is going to help him. I thought you were going to say true allies in Lady True. And I, I was going to be like, that's a great pun, but you missed it. Damn. You missed it. He's Damn. got a true, true ally, ally in, uh, lady, in the lady. Which but, begs the question, is she a good guy? Oh, I think she might be now. Oh, you've done a complete turn for one I scene. Think she, I think she might be now. One scene. <laughs> I think she might. She's just chilling <laughs> by the bedside. She saved our Ange. Yeah. You know? She's working with Hooded Justice. Yeah, she's literally working with... The, the one thing I'm really excited about is Laurie finding all of this out. Yes. Because she's obviously got ties to, you know, the history of the Minutemen, the new Minutemen, and Hooded Justice. I mean, her dad's the comedian. Her dad's the comedian, for Christ's sake. Worked alongside Will Reeves. So for her to find that out will be pretty huge. Both their relatives were in the Minutemen. In the Minutemen. That is crazy. That's one other big tie that binds, you know? Yeah. And hopefully it's going to pave the way for them to work together now. Yeah. I think what they're going to do, though... Go on. Their, their plan, I don't know, but it, I think it's going to cause a lot of collateral damage, let's say. Okay. Um, so it's going to be real interesting if Andrew's on the side of that. Especially when a few weeks ago, he was worried that the family, that she wouldn't understand unless yeah. she saw what he wanted her to see. But Laurie is also working for the law outside of Tulsa. Yeah. So Laurie's going to be in a, put in a bit of a situation. Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying because it implies that their grand plan is going to, you know, he need because he needed to convince her. Like if it was just a good plan, yeah. then he wouldn't need to do that. Yeah. But something there's something big's going to happen, isn't it? And I think a lot of people are going to be you know, not a uh, 3 million people die after a squid's teleported into New York big, but maybe big. Like it's interesting that last week we were talking about that shot we saw in the trailers of Doctor Manhattan coming down. Yeah, which we still have not seen that. We haven't seen it, but what would be big enough to bring him down? You know, he's walking through wreckage. That is no doubt that that's going to be whatever happens. They're going to do the big plan and it's going to be like, he's going to come down to like do something. Yeah, maybe. You know, last week I was like you say, I was thinking that Lady Chu was working for bad and Will was working for bad. And then um, Senator Keane says they're doing something different. Their plan, it's something different, he says to Wade. I now think they're two separate things. There's two huge things being planned. (laughs) (laughs) Both are going to be pretty awful. But one's designed to eradicate the world of racism. (laughs) And one of them... And one of them is to rid the world of, you know, to to commit a racist act, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I know whose side I'm on and I'm rooting <laughs> suddenly for Will and Lady True. <laughs> <laughs> what a U-turn. What a I U-turn. know, big old Yui. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why, but this was my fa- Lady True was just so chill, just lying there. It was When the camera went around, I was like, I know it's going to be Lady True. Yeah. Uh, and even Laurie says, maybe she knows her grandfather at one point to Andrew at the beginning. Uh, how right you are, Laurie. Yeah. Uh, it's such a good way to like finish the episode as well because you're just like, oh, you know, big things are going to happen. It feels like they've really laid out so much to happen in the next three episodes. Yeah. But the thing is, how are they going to round this up? There's so much going on. All I know, all I know is that they've got to be some pretty huge episodes. Wait there, is there two episodes left? Three. Is it definitely ten? It's nine. And we've watched six. That's right. Okay. It's three episodes. Jeez, we have whizzed past this season. Yeah. Well, may- maybe this entire show. This show. We don't know what's going to happen, We're do we? We're two thirds in now. And as far as I know, the ratings haven't been setting the world alight. No. And it's probably, a, I mean, it looks like an expensive show. Even like CG, everything. Absolutely. I mean, some of the set pieces have been 
you know, you look back at last week, Looking Glass in the carnival, that looked amazing. Yeah, it did. Like, that could not have been cheap to make. Like, uh, HBO have put dollar behind definitely this. threw some money behind it. Do you know what I kept thinking during this episode? You know, when the camera was like, it wasn't cutting, but it was like wafting from one side to the next, and then it was um, Young Will and then Angela. Mm. All I kept imagining was Young Will being there, like talking to someone. The camera went to that person. And then quickly him running off and Regina running in. <laughs> and it comes back and it's just in, in character. Yeah, looking. Yeah. Like, it must have been so weird. I just, I just love those kind of things when when they're done in TV and they're done right. Yeah. Because this could, you know, you can't do this like early. I'm surprised that they've got away with doing this kind of thing in season one. Because well, it, yeah. It does feel like a season three or four type thing where you'd kind of put in this episode and everyone would be like, whoa. True act of, of a guy who isn't sure if he's going to be coming back for more. Yeah, exactly. Did you ask him about potential season no, two? No, didn't. Didn't right. have time for that. I'll, I'll ask him that one. Yeah, you you do that one. I'll ask him that one. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get a word, if I can actually say anything other than, I love Lost and I love the the finale, which <laughs> I have done before when I met him years back and he was, he was at like some drinks reception thing and I think he was like, Okay, I'm honoured that there's someone here who actually likes the finale of Lost, but also yeah. leave me alone now. <laughs> well, we did talk very briefly about the finale of Lost. Obviously, well, I told him about the concept of our podcast, which is probably going to sound really lame when I when you listen to oh, it. That's fine. it is just Tell like, the listeners who might not know about that podcast oh, right so now. You're watching Lost for the eighth time. Yeah. I'm watching it for the first. And we, we've started season four properly. Yeah, yeah we have. So we just started season four Speaking to Damon, I said that we just finished season three and we're just coming into season four. And he was like, well, I hope you like the finale. Is it like the show's finale? And I was like, I've heard mixed things. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, don't I know it? <laughs> yeah, he did. I just went, well, if you ever want to talk about it, like give us a ring. And he was just like, you know, what? reach out when you finish the show and I'll, I'll talk to you about it. You need to absolutely touch base with his rep and just be like, look, just so you know, he said this. Yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. 100 yeah, 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 yeah. percent Especially, you know, three seasons time. Uh -huh. I mean, it'll be, it's going to be in like a year and a half. <laughs> I know. He needs to remember. He needs to remember. Yeah, I mean, he'll have, he'll, he can look back on our Watchmen podcast and if it, thing is, if it does only last a season, we'll have these like couple of episodes where we've like spoken to Regina King, we've spoken to Damon, yeah, like, and that will sit there as like a one season wonder, yeah, of the Lost Boys podcast. Amazing. <laughs> do you know what I don't hope from Future Watchmen season? What is that they do an anthology show and they do the whole thing they do with American Horror Story where they use the same cast playing different roles. Can't. They wouldn't do that, Watchmen. No, I hope not. But I'm kind of getting bored of that whole thing. They do it with American Horror Story, and they're they're doing it with Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. I don't like that so much. Do you not? Nah, I'm a, I think it was cool. Now it's gimmicky. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I did. I interviewed the guy from Haunting Hill House. Yeah, well, yeah, Mike yeah. Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. He was talking about season two and how he's like not just using Turn the Screw, but a load of novels. I mean, he's just he. I really like him. I've interviewed him twice. He's a bit of a master with the horror with the horror genre. Yeah, I, I'm actually genuinely. I'm watching Haunting Hill House for the first time now, a year later, <laughs> um, and I am genuinely, genuinely creeped out by that show. Really? Have See, you not I've, seen it? I've never watched it. It's there's like. Every episode, I have hairs on the back of my neck on end. Really? Um, really effective, really well written, really well acted, but just actually really quite fucking scary. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you see, he's, it's really weird because he's just like a really lovely guy and really bouncy and like, oh, like, lovely. Thank you so much for talking to me. And you're just like, dude, what? Dude. <laughs> Are you making these like these really scary things? Yeah. See, none of his films scare me, just his show. Have you seen Doctor Sleep? No, not, no, I haven't. I won't worry about it. I've read it, but. Nah. <laughs> so we haven't spoken about your favourite scene. Oh yeah, my favourite scene is is in the middle, and it's like it it has no bearing on on anything huge, but stylistically, I was really really liked it. I think it's because it was like the clash of like we say, Damon does this really well. He did it with the season two premiere of Lost, and he did it in the second episode where we had the in you know in Germany, and they went to yes. Young Will, and then boom back to the end of episode one with Judd hanging from the tree where Hooded Justice is in the shop, which you know, this, this scene reminded me of when he, the scene where we first see Hooded Justice in American Hero Story. Yes. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit of a mirror image of that. Yeah, it is. Um, but he's in like what I believe is like a cigar shop. Something um, like that. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the bloody guy in there again, who he keeps meeting that he ends yes. up killing, played by Glenn Feischler 
Feishler? Feishler. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> you're a great actor, mate. And he jumps out the window because he fires a shotgun at him. And then it f- stops. The screen freezes and the camera pans around. Yeah. And then it zooms in and then we cut to Angela who's in a coma and her eyes are open and we just see this like blurry vision of Laurie going, Angela, Angela. Blink if you can hear me. Blink if you can hear me. Mm. And like, she's like blinking slowly. And then Cal comes and then he reads like a letter to her, like reminding her of who, who she is, her mm. children. Please come back to us now. It's a really, it's just really emotive. And it's also got this blast of the future with the past. And, yeah. and it's really well done. And it kind of gave me chills. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, really like that scene. I think it's really good too. Really well done. I wonder what the, if there'll be any after effects from this. Interesting because it, we're led to believe that Angela is like in a fatal position. Yeah. Which completely trounced what I said last week. <laughs> By the way, got it completely wrong. But I think it's good to prove that we haven't watched that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it will be good. It will be interesting to see. Maybe a bit of PTSD. Yeah. I th- it's interesting that she was arrested and now she doesn't seem arrested. <laughs> you know, I don't know where they're going with that because like, is this the point... You know, we spoke a while back about there's got to be something that brings Laurie and Angela together to fight together for good. Maybe, though. Is this that point where... Maybe off screen, Lady True is filled in. Laurie Mm. on everything. Will Reeves alive. Will Reeves... Maybe Laurie is now in the know. Yeah, well, how how did she know to get in contact with, like, Lady True? I think, again, this ties back to something we've spoken about before, but the nostalgia stuff. Yeah. It feels like like everyone was kind of talking about how dangerous it is and things like that. And so it seems like uh, maybe Lady True is making millions of dollars out of nostalgia, you know, with her daughter and oh, her dreams and stuff. Yeah. That's something to do with that. That's interesting. And that's why Will Reeves has it, because obviously he's working with her and she's given it to him or yeah. something like that. So we kind of know now that that's not going to tie too much to Ozzy because he's like somehow in space and stuff. He's in some weird utopia. Yeah, he's in that, which we still, we are none the wiser no, for no, now. No, no Ozzy this episode. No yeah. Jeremy Irons. And th- there's not even a hint at like where's that, where that's going to go. No. Tell you what we do get mention of, Moloch. What's Moloch? Uh, Moloch, who in the comics is killed and um, Rorschach's framed for the murder. Okay. He's Moloch the Mystic in the graphic novels. And he's mentioned in the episode where, um, do you remember where um, it's where the dollar bill post is unveiled? Ah, yeah. And Captain Metropolis says, Moloch, he announces it. He says, oh, I'm here. We're going to solve the crime of dot, dot, dot. He's like, yes, Moloch, we're going to sort that out. Because Moloch's like a bit of a prominent villain Mm. that Ozymandias becomes interested in. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see Moloch again in the show. I think it was just like a nod to the comics, personally. Yeah, yeah. A bit weird for them to throw that in there now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so... It's funny that Dollar Bill is the white supremacist's kind of like picture boy, isn't he? Yeah, He's like, they he all is. like him a lot. And yeah. Because obviously we've seen it in the first episode. It was it was weird that that's... I mean, it's amazing that that's, they've tied that back in as well. Yeah. If you look at like nearly everything that was in that first episode has kind of been like mentioned or tied into something. Alluded to. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing. No, one of the people Judd worships is Night Owl. Yes. Because we see under the hood, we see the owl mug. Yeah. Even like the police we know are using the technology they use with like yeah. the owl ship and stuff. Is there going to be a twist with him? With Night Owl? Yeah. Is he suddenly going to be like a racist as well? Yeah, I mean... Or is Laurie... that, you know, is that what... Captain Metropolis was implying that Night Owl One had those views because that's and that's why they don't want to talk about it. They maybe don't unveil who Will Reeves really is. Yeah, maybe that would be big. That would be big. I just don't even know where it's going. I have no idea. You really not? No, I love it. We are now at like this kind of like this this we've reached this level where it feels like everything's kind of like neatly been not tied up, mm. but we kind of know what's what. And mm. then the next few episodes are just an open book to me. Yeah. As in, as in, as in when I say open book, I mean, it could be any anything. I'm opening the book and I'm like going, where are we going? Yeah. Anyway, it's a closed book. So <laughs> I don't know where it's going. But it just, it's exciting. Yeah. I've never, I haven't been looking forward to an episode of TV more than this next one. Because it could take us literally anywhere. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I would, I mean, I don't really know what true and, Will's plan is 
You know, is it to do with this nostalgia stuff? Is it to do with the dreams? What are they going to do to all these racists? Are they just going to, like, kill them all? Where's Lube Man? Where's Lube Man? We need Lube Man. Did you talk today about Lube Man? I did not mention Lube Man. <sighs> didn't have Lube time, Man. I wish. Lube Man. It's the best. PT. It's got to be. It's got to be PT. It's got to be PT. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, any crazy theories? I mean, it, 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 you can make them, mate, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. Oh, I don't know. I Next week, it, you're right. It, you know, it's a misdemeanor. I have no idea what's going to happen. I think next week we're going to find out more about the plan, True and Will, Will's plan. And mm. then I'm just going to have to make a decision about that. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're gearing up for that episode, especially... Remember, Will said three days. Yeah, so it's we've approaching. Done, we've had at least two because yeah. we've seen her having that conversation with Looking Glass. That, that was like day after day. And now this must be the third day because she's just had her stomach pump, basically. Yeah. And now, and it's like, how. This is what I mean. Like, is, is she still under arrest for covering up the murder? Or has Will Reeves therefore just told Laurie? Because Laurie must be there with True and. And Angela. Yeah. You know, Angela. Oh, Laurie's 100% there. Yeah, but Laurie knew, she must have just called True because she knew that they were kind of like they met before so she could sort it out or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gave him a ring. Well, she mentions True at the beginning of the episode as well. And I'm not sure why. When? At the beginning. Laurie says it and she says, maybe she knows something about your grandfather. Uh, when she's yeah. getting her to sign the release form. Yeah. Or the, yeah. So... Mm, yeah, the release book. She must. She can't sign it. Maybe Cal signs it for Maybe her. Maybe Cal signs it. Yeah, she's gonna die. Life or death in it. Oh God. Well, mate, I don't want ex- Angela to die. She won't die. A <laughs> bar's living. Where can people find us? People find us at Watchman Boys on Twitter. Find you at Jacob underscore Stoll. Me at Jack J Shepherd. And us together at Lost Boys Pods. And four Twitter accounts to follow. That's a lot. Rate and subscribe as well, please. Rate and subscribe. That'd be great. This has been like a lot of fun talking about Watchmen. Oh, yeah. It's just such great series. What's been your favorite episode so far, do you think? That one. Yeah. And then then joint with last week's Mm. Wade Tillman. Yeah. These kind of like almost boxy type episodes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Very self contained. I need to know if Wade's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I need to know that. Well, that's your could be your prediction for next week. Do you think I we'll find don't out? think we're going to see Wade next week. You don't think we'll see? Oh, no. poor Wade. I don't think we're seeing Wade next week. I think Wade's going to come back and save the day, and he's going to appear at one point. And you're going to be like, "Yes, he didn't die." Oh, poor guy, Wade. Miss him. Uh, all right, I'll see you next week for episode seven, which we know the title of. It's called an almost religious awe which is a direct reference to the comics. Oh, wow. And it's actually a panel we've spoken about before. Oh, yeah? It's the big panel where um, Dr. Manhattan is standing over Vietnam. Oh. And it's all exploding. And the, it's the comic which Dr. Manhattan narrates because he's on Mars. Yeah. And... In it, he says, often they ask to surrender to me personally, their terror of me balanced by an almost religious awe. Okay, so maybe next week we're going to see some Dr. Manhattan. So maybe next week we'll get Dr. Manhattan, but... A flashback episode of Dr. Manhattan. Also, the episode after that is called A God Walks Into a Bar, so... Oh dear, I think we're getting into D-Manhattan territory. I think it's finally going to link up the D-Manhattan stuff, and I think it's going to be big. Or won't, be, or won't he be played by Justin Theroux? Willie or won't be. Willie have a willy. Or, Willie. Did everyone just think I was saying Willie? <laughs> Willie. But I also thought the American Hero story uh, version of Who the Justice, behind that mask, I thought it was Justin Theroux for a bit. Did you? Yeah. That was and then he took it off and I was like, oh, it ain't him. Oh. Disappointing. Also, next week's the only episode not written by Damon. Oh, wow. Who's it written by? It's written by Stacey O.C. Kufor and Claire Kaishel. Sorry if I pronounced those wrong. I think you might have. Probably. Well, look, we'll see you next week for an almost religious awe, which may or may not feature a blue penis. This has been Watching Watchmen, a Lost Boys podcast. By Jack and Jacob.